Welcome to the New Life Lutheran Podcast, where new life in Christ is celebrated and we explore together how to live the Christian life with excellence. Thanks for listening today. You can find our podcast at nllutheranpodcast.com. You can subscribe on Podbeam, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play Music. If you have any questions for Pastor Eric or would like to suggest topics for our podcast, you can email Pastor Eric at erik.anderson at nllutheran.com. Welcome back to my house. As you know, our ministry staff has been under quarantine for the last week and a half due to a positive COVID-19 test that necessitated all of our immediate ministry staff to get tested and quarantined as we awaited our test results. Despite a couple of positive results from those tests, our ministry staff is on the mend from either the coronavirus or in my case, a heavy chest cold. And we have so appreciated your prayers, care, and patience through all of this as we wait to get back together to gather in person or online within our church building. So on this Reformation Sunday, we celebrate the impact and influence of Martin Luther on our global church, an impact that unshackled the Bibles from the church lecterns and placed the scriptures in the hands of everyday people directly in their homes. So grab your Bible and come on into my house. Well, here we are at my front door. If you were visiting me, I would tell you two things before you came in. One, what to expect, and two, the ground rules for my house. So first of all, what should you expect? It's gonna be messy. We have kids, and this means that you must lower your expectations. However, my wife has probably been cleaning, so it will look like we do not have kids. Also, just a heads up, When we walk in, my dogs and my kids will likely greet you and jump on you. So I apologize ahead of time and I will let you figure out which group of people is gonna jump on you because it just honestly depends on the day. So here are the ground rules. When you enter, please take off your shoes. I was raised in Minnesota and it bothers me a lot when people leave their shoes on inside my home. In fact, when I was living in New Mexico, no one took off their shoes and it would drive me nuts. And then I realized that they had scorpions down there, so it was a safety hazard to actually take off your shoes even inside someone's house. But despite that, I still made them take the risk and conform. So welcome to church. What should you expect? You should expect, first of all, something unique. Since our ministry staff has been under quarantine, we can only serve you this weekend from our homes, not our usual family home at New Life Lutheran. So you'll be getting a tour of my house as we talk about God's house this weekend. And then Eric will bring you to his house for the family meal. And Danny is going to have us join him at his house for a song. And then I'll welcome you back to say goodbye before you head out onto your week. So what are the ground rules? First of all, please share our services to help us invite other people into our homes as we navigate God's timeless truth. Also, consider worshiping through giving today. We will not have a formal time for offering, but you can go to our website and give in a safe and secure fashion if you want to worship God this way and support the ongoing ministries of New Life. Additionally, parents, don't forget to get your kids connected. 
we have great online age-appropriate options for kids of all ages from nursery to high school to grow in their faith. If your students are in high school or in middle school, you can utilize our website. For kids younger, you can get connected with our great lessons on Facebook. So let's go into my living room and don't forget to grab your Bible on your way in. Well, welcome back to my living room. Today we're going to be in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, specifically verses 23 through 27. So go ahead and grab your Bible and follow along with me as I read this for us. It starts off in verse 23 saying, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who is promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. For if we willfully persist in sin after having received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sins, but a fearful prospect of judgment and a fury of fire that will consume the adversaries. Today we are going to use this passage of scripture to close out our sermon series, More Conversations with Jesus, with our final question, can I still go to heaven if I don't go to church? Before we answer this question, let me say that I have loved this sermon series. And the one thing that I've loved about this sermon series is that it intentionally meets us right where we are. This is a question that we have had to wrestle with more than ever throughout a pandemic. As churches have been closed and opened and closed again, and with death seemingly closer than it has ever been before, we don't want to be wrong when it comes to our salvation. We don't want to be wrong when it comes to our relationship with God. And since we have all wrestled with our mortality and this reality when it comes to our usual church patterns during the season, you probably already have an answer to this question in your mind. And guess what? As confident as you are about your answer, it is probably different than the person three houses down from you also joining us for church today on our church at home worship service. Now, how is this possible? We already read the scripture today. It seems pretty clear to you, and it seems pretty clear to them. How is it that we can read the same section of scripture and come to different conclusions? The answer is, our backstory influences how we hear the Bible. If you grew up in a rigid religious upbringing, you might view church as an obligation. So when you hear the words, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, you think this is a rule to be followed to avoid punishment. And woe to the person who does not make it a regular practice in their life. However, if you grew up in a family that believed in Jesus, but really wasn't practicing, you probably went to church during Easter and Christmas. So when you hear not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, you might feel it describes you, but it also doesn't really concern you. You probably feel about as bad for missing church as you do for not using your gym membership that you pay for. In other words, you know you should go, but it'll always be there for you when you are ready to work on your spiritual fitness. Or maybe you fit into a different category. This Jesus thing, it's new to you. Maybe you came into one of our services and you experienced the true love of the people, the power of the gathering, and the truth of Christ. 
and you wonder how you could have ever have gone without this treasure for so long. For you, when you read not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, this makes no sense to you, because it has been the best thing for you, especially in the middle of this crisis. So how could anyone not want to be a part of something like this? You see, one of the things that I love about Jesus' ministry is that he cared and taught all sorts of people. The hyper-religious, who seemed to have everything together, those who weren't really practicing anymore, those who were on fire for this new teacher and the new community of people that they had just found. Jesus loved and cared for people in all three of these categories and everyone in between. But when the writer of Hebrews wrote this, he was speaking to the Hebrew people, a group of people that were attached to their system of connecting with God. It was a system that necessitated the temple, priests, and sacrificial system. To not have the temple or to not participate in the temple was to not be connected with God. After hearing this Hebrew train of thought, some of you can almost hear the echoes of your religious upbringing right now. After all, it was drilled into your head that to not actively participate with a church building, with a pastor, while receiving communion meant that heaven was not in the cards for you. If this is how you have seen the church, you're going to really understand what these Hebrew people were thinking and feeling when they heard these words in the book of Hebrews back in verse 11. This is what we read. And every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. Wait, what? But the temple is where we meet God. The sacrifices are how we are forgiven by God, and the priest's job is to make sure that we get this right. This is how they understood and were likely taught their faith. So what changed? The answer is Jesus. Jesus templed among us, became the perfect sacrifice, and he is our high priest speaking to God on our behalf. Imagine all you have done and all you have relied on to be right before God was deemed worthless because of Christ. It would change everything. And that's what Christ did. Instead of law, we have gospel. Instead of obligation, we have freedom. This is the beauty of our relationship with Jesus. But this is also the struggle with our relationship with Jesus. Because as humans, we tend to abuse our freedom, even those of us who are followers of Christ. And this is why our scripture reading today is so important, because it impresses upon us what Martin Luther rediscovered during the Reformation, that a relationship with God was not something to be earned, but something to be received. This means that the point is not that we create a new temple that we now call church with a pastor and stained glass windows to get into heaven. The point is to receive what God is offering. Now, let us re-examine these words again with our hands open to receive. But in order to do that, we need to continue our tour through my home. So come on over to my kitchen. Well, welcome to my kitchen table as we explore Hebrews 10.23 together. And this is what it says. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who has promised is faithful. The kitchen table keeps people connected in three ways, calories, communication, and caring. 
Here we serve and eat our food together to give us energy to get through our day. We communicate about what is going on in our lives and we show our love to one another by intentionally caring for what others care about. At church, our kitchen table is the altar or the Lord's table. In the same way, we receive the bread and wine to be strengthened on our spiritual journey. We hear God's promises to us and he shows his love for us by actively being a part of our lives. Every element within a church service is meant to connect us to Christ and keep us connected to Christ so that we don't drift away and do the unthinkable of walking away from the most important relationship that we can ever have, our relationship with Jesus. Now, we need to go down to a room in my house that I do not visit nearly enough, and that is my home gym. Well, welcome to my home gym, or as I like to call it, 724 Fitness on the Rock South, which is a shameless plug for one of our members. But this is where we continue by reading verse 24, and this is what it says. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds. You see, year after year, we see and hear that one of the primary reasons that people are nervous about going to church is because they don't want to be judged. And this is heartbreaking. Because this means that we are getting in the way of others connecting with Christ because we are stepping into God's role as judge. However, when we are in relationship with one another, we are called to lovingly help each other. And oftentimes this requires making wise judgments and telling each other the truth. As I think about my home gym, the, the one way that I will ensure that I will never feel weak is if I never try to lift any of my weights. But one of the easiest ways to guarantee that I will be weak is by never lifting any of my weights. You see, the beauty of the gathering is that it will be a place for us to lovingly challenge each other. Now I've got to take you to the next spot in my house. We have to go to the garage. Well, welcome to my garage. This does not represent me fixing stuff. It's the place where I park my car at night, the very same car that I get into for date night with my wife. And so we need to go to verse 23, and these are the words that we read. Not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some. You see, far from a mandate, this section points to the beauty and benefit of the gathering. It is a time to connect with God, and each other. It's a time to weekly receive of the sacrament together. Like a, a beautiful date, we connect over a glass of wine. By the way, this is why we receive communion on a regular basis as Lutherans. We believe in a special, mysterious connection with God during this moment. However, some might say or think, but if we take it too often, then isn't it not as special? To this I never say, but I always want to respond, exactly. That's why I only kiss my wife once a year on our anniversary, because I really want that kiss to be special. You see, the kiss between a husband and wife is an intimate connection between spouses that would be devastating to not have. So, husbands and wives, you don't have to kiss your spouse, but if you keep that up too much, you probably won't have a spouse anymore, at least a spouse that wants to be with you anymore. Church is the same. It's not something that we have to do, 
But if we put it on the back burner too long, your relationship will become a shadow of itself if there is a relationship there at all anymore. So we have to go to our next room. Well, welcome to my bedroom as we continue into verse 25, as it continues with these words, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. As we close our teaching time together, this is where my day ends, in my bed. Just me and my wife, talking through our day, talking about the highs and lows, and encouraging each other from the day that we had and for the day to come. This is the other beautiful thing about the church. It is a place where we encourage each other through the darkest of times. This is why we stress life groups so much at New Life, because they are built for adversity. We cannot create enough ministry teams or hire enough pastors to care for everyone in their time of need, especially in a time like this when everyone is in need. But we can offer to connect you to a life group that knows what you are going through and can care for you through these dark times. Now, it's time to say goodbye, so let me lead you to my front door. The front door is the place where we say hello and we say goodbye. But I hope this really isn't goodbye. I hope it is simply until next time. Because whether it is our in-person worship service or an intentional online worship experience, the gathering of believers will always offer a place to connect with God, challenge each other, develop real Christian relationships, and encourage one another in the darkest of times. Hey, the silent, the silent day.